Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find your church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. Amen. So last week was our, our church kind of birthday. We talked about our four purposes, which are to fall in love with Jesus, find a church family, live in freedom, and to be able to make a difference. And today we're going to kind of kind of add on to that or kind of continue with that. And next week we'll be starting a, a series through a book of the Bible. So um, I'm excited for that. And um, I think we'll get kind of get back into the Word and go over some things that we don't always get to talk about in church. But this is Jesus' last, um, one of the last things he said while he was on earth. It was after his resurrection. So to put it into perspective, God had a broken world. The only solution was his son. His son came here and lived a perfect life. He did not make mistakes. I mean, that, that is a miracle. If he didn't do any other miracles, to live a life that was pleasing to God and everything he did, everything he said, everything he thought. He lived a sinless life, a perfect life. He was crucified. He was murdered um, because people didn't like him. They didn't like the, the, the teaching he was bringing, the Jewish leaders and the, the people that were in control in Rome. They, they didn't like this guy talking about kingdom. Jesus talked about kingdom a lot. And, and he, was, he was turning things on himself that, that were on the temple before. So they killed him. He died a, he died a horrible sin when his blood came out. It did that. Then he rises from the dead three days later. He spends about 40 days visiting with his disciples, um, meeting with them, proving that he's alive, explaining his teachings. But then he goes away. Um, you know, I'm not God, but that's one of the things that it's, it's really hard. Like, well, why did he leave? But in his plan, he thought that he knew better than us. And I believe him. He knows better than us. There's a reason that, that things are the way that they are. But when he left, he gave his his commission, his mission, co-mission, mission together with him um, to his church, to his disciples. And in verse um, 18 of chapter 28, we hear Jesus speaking some words that, that are for them and they're for us. He came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Jesus' life and his death, it did something. It, it changed things. Jesus um, was, was resurrected and all authority, even over death, is given to him. And then he says something that's for us. He says, I have all this authority. I'm higher than everything on heaven or on earth. And he says, go therefore. This idea of going is, is a call, it's a charge, it's a, it's a thing that is for every believer. He says, go therefore, and he says, make disciples of all nations. That word disciple is, 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 is a learner, is someone that would, would want to learn. So go, don't just sit, but go, be active in doing this in making learners. And um, the clearest example that I can kind of come up with in our language is, is the idea of like an apprenticeship. 
Back in the day when you went to learn a trade, you didn't sit in a classroom for hours, attrition, and, and you learned how to do the work. And you learned how to do the work by, by serving along somebody and then gradually you getting your opportunities to do the work and then they would give you some feedback. And so it's this idea that you learn by doing, not just a classroom learner. And it's this idea that we are called and to teach people how to follow Jesus. And the way that we teach them is by making disciples, people that we, not me, but we, call alongside ourselves and we show them what it means to follow Jesus. What it means to, 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 to learn and to grow and, and we're open with our struggles and we're open with our faults and we say, it, it, we're, we're not perfect. You are not my disciple, but we are Jesus' disciple, but you, you call other people into this relationship. And then it says, of all nations, that would have been a very hard thing for a Jewish believer to hear because for generations um, the Jews were God's special people. And this idea that God was opening up for all nations, black and white and brown and, and all different types, to come and to be disciples or followers or learners of Jesus. Then he says he baptized church in them. That's speaking specifically about the act that, that we do as churches where we, we, we bring water out and people are baptized and they're identifying with the death of Jesus where, where Jesus died for them. They're confessing their faith in that death. And it's like they want to die too, like we're sinful selves to the things that are wrong in them and that they, they go, they go rise, raising us again, renewing us and transforming us by his grace and by his spirit. It says baptizing them. That word baptism is also like it means immersion. So we're immersing them. We're bringing them into Jesus to where he can fill their life. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He says, verse 20, and this is a hard thing. He says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So we're supposed to go make these disciples, make these people learn, and then teach them to observe all that he has commanded. So you see, the way you teach somebody or the way you get somebody to learn is there has to be a reason why they want to learn. There, there's times, and I'm sure you've known this, where somebody's explained something to you and you just glaze over. You're like, huh, I don't, I, I don't care about that. And if you're a believer and you're trying to be kind, you might have a smile and the glaze is on the backside of your eyes, but you're like, I really don't care. That, that doesn't matter to me. But, but, but there's sometimes that when you got to learn something, you care. You want to know, you want to learn, and you become engaged in the learning process. And so we're supposed to go and help engage people in, in why they should care about Jesus, why they should want to learn about him and follow him, and then teach them. This is a word for his church, teaching them to observe all. All. That's a high calling. 
that, that's a tough thing. And, and if I could help anybody in here leave with something, it's this idea that like this is for you too. That, that Jesus' mission is for each believer. And it will look different for each person because we all look different, but it's the same mission. And I promise you, if, if you can have, if we can have in this church, even but a few people who understand the mission, who understand the call, and are committed to saying, all right, Lord, if that's what you want, if you want me to go, if you want me to make disciples, if you want me to, to do these things, well, then help me and use me. I am willing. And I love how he ends this, this little talk, and he says at the end, he says, teaching them onto this, I've commanded you, and he says, behold, or keep sight of this, hold on to this, remember this, behold this, keep this one thing with you, is I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And it's this idea that in this mission, we are not alone, and we have him with us. And let me tell you something, that, that makes a difference. Um, yesterday, uh, my son had his birthday party. He wanted to play paintball. So if you see me limping around a little bit extra, it's because I'm sore and it hurts. But, but the first round was a beautiful thing. And I just, I got to explain how beautiful this was. It was, uh, we picked teams, me and, and Jason were the team captains. And I picked all the adults. And you guys were both Marines, right? I got two Marines on my team. And all the adults, and he had a bunch of, of, of the little kids. And on that first game, these kids had never played. They had no concept of what was about to happen. But when they blew the whistle or said go, to see four people that understood the mission and that, that, that were not afraid against just piles of little kids hiding behind barricades and we were just mowing them down just one after the other and it was beautiful and I just remember because you know when I play I, I just I can't sit still you wouldn't realize that I just have a hard time sitting still so I'm just not gonna sit behind a barricade but together but but do you realize that when you, when you approach Jesus' mission and you realize he's with you in this, that you are not going out alone. I remember I used to take the youth group when I was a youth pastor to play paintball, and I would always tell my friend, the, the kids that were playing with me, I was like, All right, I'm going to go out there, and if you don't come with me, I'm going to come shoot you. <laughs> that was motivating. But, but it makes a difference when somebody is going with you. And I want to tell you that, that this is not a, a thing um, where you're alone. And I'll tell you, the reason I played paintball is not because I woke up yesterday and I said, let me just go get about 12 welts on my body. Let me just go get injured. Let me not be able to walk the next day. But because I wanted to be with my sons. And I wanted to be with with my friends that were out there playing with us. And it's this idea that if you want to know Jesus, 
one of the, the best things you can do is be involved in his mission. If you want to go closer to Jesus, get it, involve yourselves in the things he cares about. He cares about the lost and the broken. He was broken because he cared about them. He, was, he suffered because he, he knows people are suffering and that his suffering could bring their redemption. And when you get involved in this mission, I guarantee you your relationship with Jesus will grow. So many times we, we just want to invite Jesus into our lives. In other words, God, I'm doing my life. I'm doing what I want to do. Would you please come here and bless me in it? When it's really this whole opposite thing, it started with the call of the disciples, follow me. Where it's not us inviting him into our lives, it's this call of him inviting us into his life. And he is not done with this mission. There are people he cares about and that he loves deeply. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we referenced this last week. But I want you to hear this in verse 17. It says, if any man for a purpose. It says, the old has passed away. Our old lives have passed away and something brand new has come. And all this is from God. It's not because of our effort. It's not because we, we try hard or we, we do our best. It's because Jesus is the answer that God has. He says, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. See, and you got to understand this truth is that in Christ, through Christ, we are brought back into relationship with Jesus. What was broken is fixed. And what does Jesus care about? He cares about the lost. He cares about his church. He cares about you, but he also cares about the people that are far from him. And when we get reconciled, our thoughts and our desires change. It says the old has passed away. And then he says he has reconciled and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Part of your ministry, and, and churches sometimes have whole classes on that, and we've done them in the past, and we'll probably do them in the future. But the underlying thing is that we are helping reconcile people to Jesus to help them become a disciple, someone who wants to learn, someone who desires to know him and desires to know how to live. And we have this ministry so that no matter if you're putting up a flag or if you are helping with kids or you are running a small group under, will help people come back into a right relationship of God or be reconciled to him. And then it says in verse 19 that that is that in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. He was, he was fixing people's broken relationships with him. Not counting their trespasses against them. Sin is taken care of in the cross. And so our trespasses were taken away, but then something was given. Look, it says, not counting their trespasses against them. Our sins were taken away, 
but entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. This idea that you have been entrusted with God's message. The message that God wants people to hear and perhaps believe and receive that, that us, we have this message. So yes, he took, his sin, took our sins from us and he made us new. And where sin was, there should be salvation, this, this message of salvation. In verse 20, it says, we therefore are ambassadors for Christ. We, you and me, ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. That, that's just such a, a beautiful thing is, do you realize that God can use you, he, somebody on behalf of Christ, that you reach somebody who is in a dark place, is in a broken place, is in a place without Christ. Maybe they never heard about him, or maybe they forgot, or they don't realize his importance. There's something beautiful about that. It's, it, it's the call of, of every believer to be involved of that. If I was to ask and, and say for some kind of hand raise or something about when, when was the last time you made an appeal? When was the last? They're appealing to the kids upstairs. <laughs> when was the last time you were involved in imploring someone on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God? Are there, are there no more lost people? There are. Does God not care about them? He does. How did he want to reach them? You and me. Each of us involved in this mission of going and making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that he has commanded, but he is with us always in that process. We are not going out there alone. In the book of Acts, I want you to flip over there, chapter 1. This is at some point after Jesus gave the Great Commission. He says, while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, verse 5, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Here, the end of Matthew, Jesus is saying, go. The beginning of Luke, Jesus is saying, wait. Go, wait. Is he saying two different things? No, he, it's part of the same story. You need to go, but before you can go, you need the Spirit of God. You need to be filled. Every believer 
we need to be filled and empowered and transformed by his spirit. Look at this. In verse, verse 5, he says, you, you know, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, they're going to ask a question. What question would you ask? What's the Holy Spirit? What do you mean by that? What do you mean, Holy Spirit? What, 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 what is going to happen? But look at the question they ask instead in verse 6. They said, hey, Lord, um, Holy Spirit stuff, that's awesome. But are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? What about my kingdom? Are you going to do that? What a strange question. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. What about the kingdom you promised us? What about the thrones and like you being in charge? What, what about all that stuff? Thing. Go make disciples and we're like, but what about our, my own kingdom? What about my own life? What about what I want, God? Jesus said, if you seek the kingdom first, all those things will be added. So Jesus, in all of his patience, way more patient than any of us are, especially me, he said to them, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons that the Father has fixed in his own authority. Don't worry about that. Stop asking about your own kingdom. Stop asking about what you think is what you need. I am telling you what you need. This is basically what Jesus is saying. Don't worry about it. You're asking for the wrong thing, and you have to hear that. Jesus' disciples, the guys who followed him so closely for three years and lived with him and ate with him and slept in the same place with him and prayed with him, even them who were touching him, and eating the bread he ate and the wine he drank at the Last Supper, even they were worried about their own kingdom. Jesus says, it's not, you don't understand the type of kingdom I'm building, you don't understand anything, but hear me. Verse 8, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. In other words, I am going to empower you to bear witness to me. And when someone who is empowered bears witness to Jesus, people want to learn. They want to become a disciple. They want to understand who he is. And so, church, if I could get this through any clearer, I wish I could say it better, but we have a mission, a purpose. There are people down these streets right now that God has his eye on that some of us might be the ones to implore them, to beg God through Jesus Christ and questions him. And so are we asking the right questions? Are we concerned about the right mission? Are we focused on the right kingdom? Because it says we'll be empowered. 
that you and I will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul was saying. He says, you're an ambassador. All things have been made new. You're imploring as though God himself were speaking out of you, getting people to want to be reconciled to God. On, Matthew, um, on February 17th and 18th, that's what we're going to be talking about. I have a friend who uh, he and I went to get our master's together, our divinity degrees. And he pastors a church in um, Colorado. On the side, he's, he's come up with a simple explanation for how everyone can make disciples. How everyone in this room, how it is not impossible for God to use people to reach other people. Um, he's been doing this program for about four or five years. He's my friend. I trust him. One church he went to, and they did it. Um, they had about 500 people two and a half years ago. Now they have about 6,000 people. Another church, it was about 100 people. He went, and it makes sense, and it's not difficult, and it's easy, and anybody can do this. But it was a church of about 100 people, 20 of them showed up, and uh, the landlord called the pastors of the church and said, hey, buddy, uh, your water bill is, like, off the charts. They've been baptizing so many people that they got in trouble for their water bill. That's a good, that's good trouble. And so the reason I'm sharing this with you is, number one, I want you to realize that, that none of us are off the hook. We all have a role to play. There's, all, there's some good work out there that God designed you for. There's some work out there that you can do and none of us can. There's somebody out there that you can reach that I will never be able to reach. There, there are people out there that God wants you to reach. And, and I believe, number one, it's... It's an act of the Spirit of God in our lives. But number two, um, let's come together at the end of February, the 17th and 18th, and talk about it. Give it a shot. It's so simple. And it's been bearing fruit. So let's try it out. So I hope the 17th is a Friday. I think it's like 6 to 8. The 18th is a Saturday. I think it's like 8 to 3 information about that but wouldn't that be a cool problem if your problem was you just couldn't stop leading people to Jesus that'd be a good problem and I would love for you guys to all um, to do that there, there's one last thing and on that last um, in that sermon notes Rachel there is a picture of a tree it's down there on the bottom and the end of the scriptures and this is something I want to, I've talked about it a few times, but I'm not a graphic designer, but you get the point. These two things, if all of us can just do two things, one, dig deep into the word of God. Let our roots be grounded in this word and not what the world says. What the world says is right may or may not be right, but when the Bible says it, it's true every time. 
So if you can dig your roots into the word of God this year. The second thing is, if kind of like the leaves, what, what do you need for fruit? Well, you need roots that are planted in something good. The Bible is something very good. But you also need leaves that are open to and receiving light. And if our hearts can be open to and filled with the Spirit of God, allowing God to change us and correct us and fix us and heal us and all the things that we need, those two things will hit on this whole year, that our roots would dig deep into the Word of God and that our leaves, our hearts would be open to and filled with the Spirit of God, that we would bear fruit. And reading through um, kind of my friend's thing that he's going to talk about, that's really what it is. It's how are you grounded in the Word? And how are you open to the Spirit of God to find a space for a conversation to turn to spiritual things? The hardest thing in the world is to want to talk to somebody about Jesus but not know how. The Holy Spirit knows every time. And he can help you be effective in sharing your faith. Amen. Amen. So we'll be, we'll be going through a book of the Bible next week. I hope you guys would make time on the 17th and 18th of February for that. Before we close, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes for a second? How many people in this room, as I was speaking and as we were reading the scriptures, you feel like perhaps God is challenging you to be more involved in making disciples? Would you put your hands up and say, yes, that's me. Lord, you see every hand that raised. God, here we are. We're not perfect. We need forgiveness and healing and grace and transformation. God, we need to learn and grow more, dig into your word. And Lord, we need your spirit to empower us and equip us and change us and renew us. But Lord, here we are. Take us and do what you want. If you raise your hand, would you just let Jesus know that he could take you and do what he wants? He could use you this year however he wants. That you submit to him again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Caleb and Elena, would you all come up here, please? We've got some, some big news. It's a little sad, but it's, uh, it's, also, it's okay. Caleb and Elena have been uh, with us since before we started the church. Um, you guys have probably heard him teach sometimes and probably been like, man, this guy knows a lot. He's, he's a loving brother. He's been a great friend. And the friendship and the brotherhood is not going to stop. But he has a desire to uh, plant a church. Amen? And uh, they want to do things um, differently than we do some things, so they're going to go work on that. And I'll say this before our church, and when you guys get ready to plant, let us know and whatever we could do to help. 
um, how many people would be willing to help him out whenever he gets ready to start his own church. Amen? So you let us know. We might have you come back and talk to the people. Maybe we can raise some money or do something for you. But we appreciate them. They've been so faithful, so loving, and there's no bad blood. There's nothing wrong. Um, in fact, they, they came up and talked to me. And I think no matter this church or any church, whenever it's time to leave, I think it's good to talk with the leadership. But I do. So would you stand with me, church? Would you stretch your hand out this way? We're just going to say a prayer for them. And we love them both very much. God, we thank you for our brother and sister. Lord, we know you have a plan and a purpose, Lord. And we, um, we say yes and amen to that. God, may you put them in a place where, where they can grow in the things that they're seeking to grow in and that, God, he could start a great church that honors Jesus. God, a church that reaches people that other people couldn't. Lord, ordain his steps and God, be with him. God, and let them know you're near. Guide them, bless them, and let them be fruitful for your kingdom, Lord because it's not our kingdom, it's your kingdom. And we thank you for them and the service that they've done here in the love. Please bless them, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Hey guys, I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs>